Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. One man. One microphone. And one medium-sized coffee. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about a a very dear friend of mine. Uh, The very dear friend of mine is called... Wham! Uh... Now, those of you who are new to trailer music, you might not know what I'm talking about, but you probably do, because you've probably watched trailers where there's been a rum in them. So I thought, you know what? I've got a post about this. I'm going to do a podcast about it too, just because, you know, sometimes you don't want to read, sometimes you want to listen. So I've got this little post I've written all about the origins of them, what they are, and how you can use them. Because... Sometimes, sometimes we have tools that we think we know how to use or we use them in a certain way only to find out that other people use them differently. And you go, oh, I never knew you could do that. For instance, um, casting my mind back over a decade here, um, I was working with a composer friend of mine called Josh Winter, uh, very talented guy. We were doing a, a project together, and uh, I'd record. I I tend to record in mono, just because I can't be bothered to get two mics out. <laughs> uh, and one of my tricks to change my mono sound into fake stereo is sample delay. You know, you load up a sample delay, delay the left or right channel by milliseconds, and you get this fantastic stereo effect. And he, he was, I did it, and he was like whoa, I've never used it like that before. And I go, ah, and same thing, you know, it's, that's the wonderful thing about sharing your workflow with people is that you start to see how and why other people use things and, and the purpose they do. So that's kind of the ethos behind this also because I, I find this stuff fascinating. So let's, it's actually, it was around this time in my life when I was working with Josh um, and I was just getting into trailer music. So we're talking 2010, 2011, that, time, that type of time. And I was lucky enough to be introduced to Pusher, who any of you know, pretty big trailer music company. They're amazing. Uh, they land great placements. Uh, the team are fantastic, et cetera, et cetera. So I, they, they actually kind of got me into trailer music. So uh, thanks, chaps. Anyway, on their books, they have a composer called Zach Hempsey. He's a um, hip-hop producer, but he also does trailer stuff. And at the time of me getting into trailer music with Pusher was when Inception was being released. Now, why am I bringing up Inception? Because Inception 
was the inception, was the birth of the of the Brahm as we know it. Now, there's like three different uh, people in play here for who created the Brahm. You know, so I'm going to give you those those sort of three people and give you my take on it, and then we can you know then it kind of puts it all in place. So they're all centered around the Inception trailer. Uh, now, all three of these people have kind of staked some kind of claim on the kind of the, of, of the creation of the Brahm. So I would probably step back from it and say it was probably the whole production. You know, they probably were all looking for similar things. So obviously, the first teaser that went out, there was a composer called uh, Mike Zarin who... Uh, wrote the teaser for it, and he, I think he did some foley work where he recorded the sound of a train because that was all you were seeing in the in the teaser. And throughout the entire thing, is this kind of like, brum, brum, just kind of growing throughout it. I mean, and it is basically like a repeated brum as a signature sound throughout the whole trailer. And then the step up next, obviously, we have Hans Zimmer, the composer of the score for Inception, say, stating that he's you know, the god, godfather of the, of the Brahm and whatnot because of his, his brief from the director about how he should respond to the film. Uh, and obviously, you listen to the film score and you've got these you know, big, bellowing, huge brass sections going... Vroom. And then you go into the second theatrical trailer, which was done by Pusher, here's my connection, and Zach Hempsey. Uh, and in that trailer, it's unmistakable, the Brahm as we know it. Big, in-your-face brass going Brahm all the way through. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to say that a lot in this, in this podcast. But So the thing I really like about that is they all seem to have reached the same conclusion without having seen or heard each other's stuff. Well, you know, one could say that they probably heard the teaser trailer music first because that was 2009, I think. I don't know when Mr. Zimmer would have got started on the on the music, uh, but I imagine it was a bit later because that's what the film came out, 2010, 2011. So anyway, generally film scores are sort of at the end of production. But sometimes I know that the composer was brought in early in production. So anyway, the thing I like is it's kind of like this kind of wonderful organic thing where they developed, whether it was those composers, whether it was the team, whether it's the director, the producer, whoever it was, the editors, they all, as a production company, created one of the most useful tools for us trailer composers. So... For all involved, thank you very much. And I find it interesting that I kind of came on board into trailer music as this kind of sound was really getting into its stride. Uh, now, the thing about Brahms is, I mean, I've always spelt it with a W, but it turns out most people spell it with, the, spell it with an R, so it sounds like, you know, Brahms, the composer. Uh, anyway, rather than Boam. <laughs> I like Boam because it sounds like a synth one. But anyway, so now you kind of know the origins of the Brahm. Let's talk about how you use them. And, and for me, there are three distinct ways that a Brahm is used in a trailer queue. The first one is... Distant Warhorn. Second one is signature sound. 
Third one is in-your-face brass. Now, let's talk about all three of these. They each have their own purpose. And, you know, if played next to each other, you would say they sound very similar and they are all Brahms. So the first one, the distant war horn. This is kind of like Act One taking on the Brahm. And the reason I call it a distant war horn is because uh, that's how I've always envisaged, envisaged it. I, I did a cue for a... a, a uh, I did a track that had it was actually an old warhorn sample put into some distant reverb and it got chucked on the beginning of two Captain America trailers. Bonus. Um, similarly, another thing, it wasn't actually a horn sample, it was a synth, but it sounded very brassy. Uh, I rolled off the top end in the EQ, gave it a big, big amount of reverb and it was used in the, um, not Jack Reacher, uh, Jack Ryan trailer. So it's going back a while now. Uh, anyway, so that's this is like the Act One, Brahm. It's the way I like to see it is it's like you're entering the landscape in Act One. You're not hearing the music fully, but you're getting wafts of it. You're getting like a sense of the music. So if you're going to have a big in-your-face brass brahm later on in the queue, it's a good idea to have these distant horns. Because what you're kind of saying is the battle is coming, you know. In the distance, you hear the war coming towards you through these kind of like... with big, long reverb tails. It's fantastic. And it's, it's, it just sets the scene so beautifully. You know, you have a lovely, lovely kind of organic drone. You have this distant... with a couple of sub-booms. Job done. I mean, it's fantastic. I love Act One for that simplicity. You're kind of saying, yeah, you know, like uh, Bob Ross, you know, oh, here's my, uh, here are my little hills over here with my, with my drone. And then in the distance, you've got this lovely little... This lovely, lovely mountain, which is your brom, and then here, just here, you've got a little stream coming through, which is your lovely drone. You know, it's just brilliant. I, lo- I love it. Thinking in that term, I used to watch a lot of Bob Ross as a kid. Uh, well, not him as a kid, but when I was a kid, uh, watching Bob Ross after school because there was nothing else on telly. And plus, you know, I'm an artist. I like watching people paint, so it was exciting. Uh, so here we go. That's. That's the first approach, this kind of distant horn. If you're not sure how to do it, it's really simple. Just take a kind of mid-frequency, I mean, it can actually be mid-low frequency uh, brass or synth, and roll off, I'd probably say, you can have like a low-pass filter going anything from 500 hertz to 1,500, and that will give you a sense of it. And then you put it through a reverb where you do the same with the reverb. You roll off the top so that it feels even more in the distance. And, you know, you just balance out the wet dry, see what feels right for your cue. But that's an easy way to get this distant horn, this distant brass sound. And it's just really simple. Like I said, it doesn't have to be... You don't have to... This is what I like about this one. It's because you don't have to worry about it sounding massive. You don't have to worry about it sounding organic because it's drenched in reverb and you've rolled off so much of the detail that it's just a kind of a waft of it, an insinuation, this suggestion of a Brahm, which I love, you know. I love it when you can 
take an idea of what we're doing and simplify it. And that's what we are with these distant horns. They are the uh, the marching death band over the hill. Next up, I think I'm going to do the in-your-face brass first, actually, because this one's really straightforward. Because this is like, imagine you've got an army over this mountain, over this hill, I should say, and you can hear them in this distant horn. The in-your-face brass is they have come over the mountain and you see a line of 700 horn players, 700 tubers, 700 bass trombones, and they all decide to play the same note at the same time in their lowest register. You don't have anything rolled off the top. You want to hear the, the spit splattering around inside the brass. You want to hear the grit. You want to hear the the razz. You want to hear everything, all the detail. And you want it to feel like it's punching you in the gut. That, for me, is what that Zach Hemsey track called Mind Heist, if anyone wants to check it out, it's bloody fantastic. Mind Heist, uh, in fact, actually, it's an amazing template for amazing trailer music, that track. His Brahms are just brilliant. So simple, so in your face, so gritty. You know, <laughs> you hear them and you go, yeah, I can do that. And then you try it and you go, oh, actually, it's harder than it sounds. Because you have to... You have to treat it like a layered, like a layered biscuit. <laughs> you know, it's not just a horn. You know, you need you need a bit of the rasp of the bones, yeah, and you need you need the rasp of the horns, ovs, and you need, I think, a little bit of the fat meat from a tuba. Anyway, this one for me is is Act Two. This is where you want to kind of slap the listener in the face and say, hey, pay attention, my strings are chugging now. You know, brrrm, oi, what are you doing? Stop getting lost in the pads. Brrrm, pay attention, the main character's gonna die. Brrrm, that type of thing. It's just, it's like a slap in the face. Um, or, you know, a fart in the face, you know, equally shocking. Uh, less smelly, I presume. And that's why I love this one because it's it's one of the things I love about trailing music is is the fact that you can just be so over the top, so in your face. You know, there's no beautiful subtlety. You know, we're not we're not we're not going sort of lovely sound bed that no one wants to hear. We are trying to slap the listener in the ears with as many brass samples as possible, or at least a couple of brass samples that are produced so brilliantly. And all playing the same note. <laughs> you know, you can do a core, but it just doesn't sound the same. It doesn't have the same ambiguity. And, you know, if you were going to do it in battle, there was a team of horn players for battle. You know, you can imagine them sort of, Oi, Jeff, are you going to take the ninth? Yeah, you take the seventh. Yeah, great. And Steve's going to do the third. And Jenny, she's taking the root, you know. And, yeah, this lovely angelic brass section announcing their beauty in a battlefield. It doesn't work. Just give us the root, guys. Just give us the root. I mean, you can do other notes, uh, but it's the root of the chord. I have done it when you do... 
other inversions, but you have to be careful with that because it can get muddy and gross, you know. Um, and another thing to think about is is for your brahm not to necessarily be your brass section. For your brahm to be a separate stem altogether with with uh, dirty, meaty, filthy synth effects. Because your brass might want to be doing some angelic choral work. You know, it's like... You know, that type of thing. So it's, it's good to think about brahms like that. as not necessarily brass, but that's the sound we're going for. In your face, brass. You're going to have to accept... Excuse me, guys, there's some wind coming. I'm not talking about from me. I'm just... I'm sat on a hill overlooking a valley. Um, and the wind is picking up, so I'm going to go sneak back down into the lane. Let's move on to the third one. Brahms as signature sounds. Now, this is the interesting one, because this is where I actually think signature sounds kind of merged. They didn't come from Brahms, because, you know, you think about the first Alien trailer, that was a signature sound, you know, (laughs) repeated for the whole thing. So signature sounds are different, and they can be different. They don't have to be, but there are, there are a little family of signature sounds that are essentially Brahms. And what makes a signature sound Brahm different to an in-your-face brass? Because it sounds unique. It has a life of its own. It, it can be like... Like awkward, weird bends. That really hurt my throat. <coughs> awkward, weird bends and affected weirdly and given its own unique feel. And the other thing here is you won't hammer home the Brahm if it's a signature sound as much. We tend to kind of like... Signature sounds are kind of like really spicy chilies. That if you, if you overdo it, you can ruin the dish. So, if this is our Scotch bonnet, the signature sound, Brahm, we only really play it a few times. Usually we hear, like, the distant horn version of it in Act 1, just once. Then we might hear it, like, oh, it's getting closer, Act 2. And then we hear it in Act 3, in its fullness. That's if you're treating it as, like, a progressive thing. The other thing with this signature sound one is sometimes... It doesn't have to be in your face. Sometimes it can be this distant horn brass, but it's sound brahm, but it sounds different and weird. You know, like a giant cat dying. But it has the same effect. So signature sounds and brahms overlay nicely. They are there to catch your attention. They are there to slap you in the face, and they are there to give your track a unique quality. So with these signature sound brahms, it's where you can go, okay, I'll chuck some bends in, son. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm going to chuck it through this amazing effect I've just purchased. Woohoo! See what happens. I'm going to spiff this one. You know, that's the effect rather than anything else. Uh, do you know what? I love lawn mowers. They make such good drones. Anyway. So I think I've given you guys like a an overlay, an overlook of the Brahm and how, as a trailer composer, you can use it. 
But I think the analogy of the, the Brahm and the signature sounds being chilies is important because you don't want to absolutely lace your track in Brahms. You want to give them, use them for emphasis, not as you would use the cello section. <laughs> you know, bram, 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 because your ears will tire of that noise and you will stop hearing it for what it is, which is this wonderful, fat, raspy, horn, brassy, synthy filth slapping you in the face and the ears and the gut. So use them sparingly, but if you do use them, think about how you can progress them, put them on their own journey through Acts 1, 2, and 3. Because the danger of throwing in your biggest, fattest Brahm in Act 1 is that you don't give yourself enough room to manoeuvre in Acts 2 and 3. You've already peaked. You know, you've hit your loudest. So how are you, you going to manoeuvre after that? Ooh, this is great. There's like a really ominous drone underpinning what I'm saying. And I've just realised I've gone into a lane where the wind is funnelling through it. <laughs> So, I'm sorry guys, the audio quality on this one's going to be pretty bad now. So I'm probably going to sign off. So I hope this has been a great explanation for you of where drone Brahms came from and how you can use them as a composer. Um, so yeah, you know, you'll always go check out the post. I mean, you're probably reading the post if you listen to this, but if you're not, put the link to the post in this as well so you can read it a bit and too. Check out that Mind Heist track by Zach Hempsey. Take care, guys, and I'll see you next week in the podcast. Amazing. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. I have something really, really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle. And I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.